This is Changing the Rules, a podcast about designing the life you want to live. Hosted by Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. Good morning, and welcome to the inaugural podcast of Changing the Rules. I'm Casey Dempster, and we're going to talk about change and transition. We know that many people find change very difficult, and some even resist it. Um, and, And sometimes the change is coming from within us, but sometimes it's caused by outside factors. And, and, you know, that's even more difficult for people. But regardless of where it's coming from, it can be hard for a lot of people. But we believe that if you feel you have some control over the change, the transition can be easier. But to do that, you need to have a plan. And that's what we're going to talk about in these podcasts is planning. So if you find that you're facing a major life change like retirement, reentering the workplace after being out of it for a while, looking for a new job, or you think you might be downsized, we encourage you to figure out a plan in advance for the possibility of these things so that you're not caught flat-footed and um, not sure what to do. So we're going to introduce you to people, to ideas, to strategies that can help you create your own plan for surviving and even thriving through all the changes in your life. But as I said, you need a game plan for changes that you're already experiencing. And sometimes you even need a playbook for when the game plan changes. And I'm going to use a sports um, analogy, which is odd coming from me, who's not a sports fan. But, you know, football teams all have a playbook or yeah they have a game plan for the team that they're going to be facing but sometimes that team throws them a curve and they end up having to go back to the playbook and find something else to use in that game in order to be successful and that's what we're talking about here so try not to wait until something happens make your plan for what might happen and that's what we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks um If you don't have a plan, you're reacting rather than being proactive and being in control. So you're being told how to act, and oftentimes it doesn't feel good or right for you. And we've always said just because things have always been done a certain way doesn't mean that you have to continue doing them that way. And that's what we mean about changing the rules. Just because society or uh, your education has, has told you how to respond in certain situations, you don't necessarily have to continue responding that way. You can find what works best for you. So I'm going to introduce my co-host, Ray Lowe, and he's going to tell us a story. Before I get into the stories, though, I, you know, I was listening to your comment about uh, breaking rules, changing rules, etc. You know, we had this television show, Breaking the Rules. That's right. And we decided this time we had to rename it because it's not just about breaking the rules. We really have to actually change the rules. Exactly. And, you know, I was thinking last night about this whole myriad of rules that are thrust upon us in life. Uh and so many of them are, aren't applicable to us anymore. So, so think about this. So we start with our parents, right? Mm-hmm. And the parents gave us rules. And That's why? Right. Well, as a child, you need some structure. No, they had to keep us under control, right? <laughs> the rules were not for us. The rules were for the parents. And then you go to school, right? And yeah. we have teachers and superintendents of schools and principals, and they gave us rules, Lots right? Lots of rules. Yeah, and and I guess during that time framework in life, those rules were pertinent to us. 
and then we go to a job and we have rules again. And right. and I, I think that the whole thing here is to be able to sit down and decide what rules are our rules and what rules apply to us and build that own set of rules that are going to guide us going forward. Right. And that means changing those rules that have been thrust upon us by other people. Right. And there are some that you may choose to keep because okay. they make sense. Oh, yeah. I have at least one. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm into this thou shalt not kill. I don't think we should do I that. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, uh, but there are a whole other a lot of rules here that really aren't pertinent to me anymore. And, and we do have to have a strategy and a set of guiding principles and things like that for us. Right. But they should be ours, not somebody else's. That's so, true. So I'm going to my story now. Okay. Okay. So, uh, you know, uh, thinking again last night about this thing, and stories are everywhere. You know, everywhere we go, we run into a situation. And if our minds are geared towards it, there's a phenomenal story there. And a set of morals or rules that we want to take to be ours. Right, like a lesson. Well, a lesson, yeah. So uh, I'm a competitive swimmer, and I have my own rules there. We'll get into that one day. But, but if, I, <laughs> if I didn't compete, I would not work out. So every five years, I, my goal is to win a national championship. So I go to the national championship uh, events. And uh, in two years ago in Birmingham, Alabama, I did that. It was the National Senior Games. I did my swimming stuff. And after I'm done, I got out of the pool and I just started walking around to see what's there. And I met a very interesting guy. His name happened to be John. Mm -hmm. Maybe not his real name, but it's John for us. Okay. And John was carrying around six medals, and five of them were gold, and one was silver. And remember the silver one. That's the important one. Because I found out that John won his medals in the 100 to 104 age group. Wow. That's astonishing. Now, think about this. Well, a I think bit. what's more astonishing. Well, yeah, at age 103, John won his medals in the shot put, the discus, the hammer throw, et cetera. You know, and I'm sitting there, I can't even pick up a darn shot put, okay? <laughs> and, and here's a guy who's in his hundreds doing this. And, and then we get back and we find out that John lost a race, he got a silver medal. Can you believe mm -hmm. this? He got beat by a crummy 101-year-old in one of his events. The nerve. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, you, you start thinking about this. And uh, a lot of this didn't dawn on me until I got home. Mm -hmm. uh, but I started thinking about what happens if I live to be 100 years old. Well, hold that thought. Because when we come back, we're going to talk about that. Okay. You're listening to Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world. We will be right back with more exciting information. Welcome back, everybody. This is Changing the Rules. I'm Casey Dempster with my co-host, Ray Lowe. And before we broke, we said that we were going to come back and talk about what happens if you live to be 100. And before we get into that discussion, I just wanted to give you some wisdom that I found from Sophia Loren, that beautiful, beautiful actress. And she said, there is a fountain of youth. It is your mind, your talents, the creativity you bring to your life and the lives of the people you love. When you learn to tap this source, you will truly have defeated age. What do you think? Oh, it makes sense to me. I, you know, I feel younger and more beautiful right now. 
Okay. You know, it, it is a mindset, though. And, and uh, so the centenarian group of people is actually one of the fastest growing segments of the of the population right now that so, is correct so give us more wisdom Kate. well this is i, I did uh, look for some statistics and um this was a statistic that came out in 2013 it was after the 2010 um census and they said that nationwide the centenarian population has grown 65.8 percent over the past three decades and uh, from 32,000 people who were age 100 or older in 1980 to 53,300 centenarians in 2010. So over 30 years, it grew that fast. And um, so we are growing. And there's, there's several reasons for it. And we can, we can get into that. If you want to, or we can. Well, we'll we'll banter back and forth here, but but the the key thing here is that uh, you need to think about you now. Obviously, we're all not going to live to be a hundred years old, but what if? Mm-hmm. What if? And I think I think there's some really important things to think about here. Uh, I know that I've seen two kinds of people at age 100. I've seen the person who is sitting in the nursing home in his wheelchair in the hallway, Mm -hmm. not saying much, not very cogent. And I don't think I want to be that person if I live to be 100. Now, go to John, our athlete, and I don't know that it matters whether you're an athlete or not, but you certainly want to be active and you certainly want to be engaged. And and, uh, so what how do we do this? What are some right. of the things we need to think about? Right. And I found four things, and you can probably find more here. Uh, but I, I think that there are four keys here. Number number one, you have to be healthy. Correct. Uh, if you're not healthy, I don't think too many people want to live to be 100 years old. And how do we do that? Well, uh, these are things we're going to be exploring in the next few weeks. Uh when you go to a doctor, when most of us go to a doctor, we go because we're sick. Right. And he makes us well and we leave. And we don't think about what our general health is going to be and what we have to do if we want to live a long time. And not it's not so much living a long time as being active in that state. Okay. Correct. Uh, the second thing that comes up here is uh, money. We'll be talking to some financial advisors over over the uh, years. And by the way, back to our uh, our wellness thing, uh, uh, we have some people who are concierge doctors who are going to come on our show. It's a whole new concept mm-hmm. in medicine, and it just takes this concept of wellness to a new a new uh, height. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're going to have to talk about money because uh, obviously you need to have it. Exactly. Uh, we don't we don't want to be poor when we do that. And and one of the things that is really important to me, uh, particularly, even if I'm one of those people that's sitting in the hallway in the nursing home, I want the nursing home to be fairly nice. Okay. <laughs> right. I, I don't want to I don't want to be out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, fitness is a major major point right. here, and that kind of coincides with the wellness. Well, I think it's different. I well, it is different, but they're related. Uh, yes. But uh, I think I think one of the things when we get into this concept of fitness is what are we going to be doing? You know, is it getting up and walking? Uh, that might be good enough for many of us. Uh, you know, I've seen these older people. I I, I call them geezer jocks because I'm one. <laughs> I'm one of those. Okay, and they're beating themselves up on a basketball course to win. Right. Okay, and they're having an absolute blast. Right. And and uh, if you can stay fit, 
it works. Right, right. And then I think maybe the most important thing in this whole thing is mental stuff. Yeah, mental engagement. Mental engagement. I mean, uh, it's interesting to me that when I've talked to uh, some not-so-old people, they can't carry on a conversation. And yet, uh, when I remember talking to John about his medals and stuff like that, I mean, he was there. He was he was extremely present. You know, 103 years old. Yeah, yeah. And and so these are the things that we want to think about. Uh, one of the big themes for our show is what if you do live to be 100? And and you know, this is important to you whether you're 90. Whether you're 60, whether you're 50, right. I, I think whether you're 40, because a lot of these things have long-term planning considerations mm-hmm. in them. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to take care of your health, you can't let your health go until you're 75 years old and then think are you going to pick it up and become healthy because right. now you have time to work on it, right. right? Right, because you don't know what damage has been done already. That's correct. And and you're just recovering. So I think one of the things that people do in life is they work and work and work. They ignore their health. Mm-hmm. They drive themselves into the ground. All of a sudden, they wake up one day. I'm 65. I'm retired. I got all the time in the world to get healthy, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't work yeah. that way. Yeah. So, so how do we do these things going forward? And we're going to be bringing on a series of guests – and some of these guests are going to be kind of regulars. Uh, and some of them are going to be special people that we bring on for one shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had a conversation the other day with one of my neighbors. And he said, you know, we all face these blips in the road as we go through. How do we handle them? Right. Whether they're healthy or fitness related or money related or, mm-hmm. or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have issues and we're going to have these problems. Sure. But how do we get around them? Sure. Okay, so we're going to have some regular guests who are going to come in here and help us realize what the problems are and the concerns that we've had. And, uh, you know, after our, uh, our break in a couple of minutes, we're going to come back and talk about some of the tools that we bring forth and uh, some of the people that we met along the way that have told us what we have to be concerned about and what they wish they would have done differently and right, stuff like right. that. And I, th- I'll just be quick about this. Um, I think it's really valuable to have these conversations um, because that's how we prepare ourselves for something that hasn't happened yet. And the example I'm going to give quickly is that my daughter and son-in-law are dealing with um, some issues with his mother and having to make decisions and things like that. And they're in their late 30s, early 40s. And they don't have the benefit of having been talking about this with their friends because nobody at that age really has had to deal with it. Whereas when we were dealing with my mother's health issues and independence and things like that, I already had friends who had gone through it, and so did my siblings. So it was easier. Like, we kind of knew what was coming. Even if we hadn't made decisions yet, we knew what might be coming. So I think that that's one of the values of this podcast and these conversations is that you may not have somebody that you can talk to the, about this. And um, so... Sure. And and we invite listeners to send in questions. Uh, we want to know the things that you're worried about uh, and, and some of the things that we ought to be talking about. It's pretty easy when you look at this 100-year-old to come up with those four items. But there's a whole lot of other issues, and especially when we get into engagement, that break out into subsections. 
like how are you going to stay engaged and what are you going to do there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, I would like to do something here. Okay. I, I need to hear Diane's voice again, okay, <laughs> on, okay. Our, on our little interlude over here. So if we can get her in here and then we're going to talk a little bit about the Friends Connection and some of the tools that we have, which I think can uh, be interesting. This is Changing the Rules. Stay tuned to learn more about the Friends Connection and how you can be a part of this valuable life experience. I don't know how you get a voice like that, but it's absolutely <laughs> incredible. And and thank you, Diane. Diane's a real person. She's a friend, okay? And she went out of her way to do these things for us, and we appreciate it very much, Diane. Okay. Well, let's talk about some tools. And since you talked about the Friends Connection, we have a special treat. Um, Friends Connection is um, a conference that Ray and I had back in early June. And we have with us today as a special guest, Chris Parsons of Parsons PR. But she's not here with her PR hat on. She's here because she attended the Friends Connection with mm-hmm. us. And uh, she has, I think, some interesting observations and comments and Take it away, Ray. Yeah, so you had a chance to sit there and think, well, let's go back a little bit and introduce what this Friends Connection is all about, okay? Because I think it'll help. Yeah. Uh, You know, I've been in the business community for longer than I, well, 40-plus years. And one of the things that business people always do is they go to conferences, right? Mm -hmm. And why do you go to conferences? You go because you want to network and meet new people who can help you as you move on. Mm -hmm. And you go because you want to learn and you want to find out what's new in in the world and, and how to apply these things and stuff like that. So why not have a personal conference like this? I mean, you know, what's really important in life, I, you know, especially when you hit that point where you're in your 50s and 60s, you're thinking about this thing called retirement, Mm -hmm. and work is less important now, and having fun is more important, but why shouldn't we have this way of building friends and connecting with friends and networking, Mm -hmm. and why shouldn't we be able to learn about what's out there? Right. So we did this experiment this year, Mm -hmm. and the experiment was something that we call the Friends Connection or the Friends Connection Conference. Okay, I know Chris liked it because she keeps thinking about the French Connection over here. (laughs) That's right. And, and, uh, well, whatever's on your mind, Chris. (laughs) Well, no, I I really loved it, and it was a great idea. I mean, I've been in this business a long time, and I've gone to many of these uh, networking thing. So I was curious. And I think that's part of it. I think you should be curious about this. And what not only was it at a lovely location, I mean, we had it at the beautiful 19 up at the Bellevue in Philadelphia with wonderful food and mm-hmm. drink and signature cocktails. That was actually quite, quite exciting. We're going to come back to we'll that. We'll come back <laughs> yeah. to that. That's the best part. In fact, we need a couple signature cocktails lined up here. Um, uh, but I really found that it was a lot of interesting, different people really unique um, conversations, mm-hmm. and, and it really was enjoyable, and I didn't feel like I was at a business networking event. I felt like I was meeting new people. Right. And since then, ironically, I've actually been in touch with some of the people I've met, and we've met for lunch, and we've done different things, and it just kind of happened very organically and mm-hmm. really nicely. Yeah. So I, I really enjoyed it, and my goodness, I think you should do these every year. They're fabulous. Well, well we're, we're going to do them every year. Great. and And part of this is, you know, we're 
we spend so much of our lives within ourselves. You know, we, yep. we all have ideas of what we want to do and where we want to go and all of those things. But, you know, uh, they expand rapidly when you talk to other people about That's it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Right. Now, now, we had a couple things. Uh, so, so we had three people that came up, Chris, at the beginning of this thing, and they were talking about projects that they were doing, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, what were your thoughts? Well, it was very interesting because it was a variety of things. Some things were talking about some very unique charitable organizations that were going on. So that was enjoyable just to hear about that. But I think they broke down some steps on how to change. If you really have a few things you want to do, whether it's financial, whether it's, uh, you know, changing your house where you live or changing your career. A lot of the workshops were little steps on how you can do it and break it down. And I think if you can break down some of these changes a little by little, mm-hmm. it, it makes it more manageable. Right, uh, right. You know, it, it really helps you say, okay, I can do this. And and I know, Casey, you were talking about you, you got moving on a renovation project that was, that was kind of stalled for a while. Right. We were in a session where we were talking about um, – how to plan in smaller packets. Um, you know, if, if you've got this big project or, or you're trying to plan your life out, it can be overwhelming right. if, it, if there's a lot of time, like years and years involved. You could say, well, you know, I don't know what I'm going to, my health's going to be like in 10 years. How can I plan for 10 years from now? So what we've come up with is this 90-day planning process where you can plan and you can do things in 90 days. And um, and so you might have this long-term goal, but then you break it down into 90-day chunks where you plan for the next 90 days. And um, and so we did a little workshop on that. Yeah, that was really interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, the big thing I got out of this thing was the opposite. It's the motivation of uh, I'm sitting there thinking about what people are doing that's exciting. And I go back to my own mundane life and say, <laughs> you know, uh, I thought my life was pretty exciting. I thought I was doing some pretty good things. But, you know, saving pandas out in the wild, yeah, saving right. sea turtles, you know, while worrying about our environmental situation mm-hmm. and what's going to happen to the world. Uh, this young lady who uh, talked about the bullet factory in Israel. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so how do people – get engaged in these exciting things and i find every time i I hear about those i want more this is it's the same with travel every time i go someplace i cross it off the bucket list you know it opens up two or three new places to go and this gets back into this planning process Mm -hmm. that you were talking about so much because uh i i think so many people come into this last stage of their life of retirement. I hate that word, by the way. We're going to get rid of it. Uh, but they, they think about this and they have their bucket list. And there's no room for the expansion of the bucket list. Well, you can always add things to the list, well, but that's list, what happens. But then you got to have the money for it, right. and you got to have the health for right. it, and you got to do them in order because you can't climb Mount Kilimanjaro when you've uh, got two broken legs. You know, True. So, so <laughs> always true. You you need to kind of think about this mm-hmm. stuff. Sure, of course. And and one of the biggest things I got out of this conference was that there are people doing exciting, interesting things, and. Uh, I need to build into my life the ability to do this. Right. You know, I think everybody ought to have a 25-year plan. Right. I don't, I don't care if you're 95. You ought to need a 25-year sure, plan. Sure, why not? Right. And, and you kid yourself to some extent. Part of this is you're thinking ahead and, uh, you know, you may not live that long. 
But, you know, let's think about this. Uh, let's have a lot of projects going on the day before we die so that we may have a lot of unhappy people with unfinished products after we're not here, here anymore. You, and, you just want to be missed when you're gone, Ray. Well, uh, you know, That's yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So the Friends Connection thing was pretty good. We had Steve Fisher. Steve Fisher wrote a book at age 70. He tracked the roots of his grandfather, who was an archaeologist back in Egypt. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and that was a great idea because it also gave an idea of a gift, mm-hmm. a gift to give to your grandchildren. Write, right. write a book about all your experiences. Right. Instead of you know trying to videotape grandpa and, and put questions together, work on writing, writing a book, right. learning right. about what he did, and then you have this all the time, and you can pass it down generation to generation. Yeah, yeah. In fact, we met um, somebody else that was there, uh, Lynn, who um, had an acquaintance or a friend whose grandmother had been a uh, like a focal point in the family, and she loved to cook. And um, at, her, at a very aged birthday for her, the various cousins all got together and chose one of the recipes of hers that was their favorite. Oh, that's and right. And they put together a cookbook of this grandmother's recipes with pictures of them with her. Sure. And it that's was something great. for the whole family. I mean, these are, you know, some great ideas that we get at, at with Friends Connections. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do this again. Uh, we, we don't have our venue set yet, but that should be coming out within the next couple of weeks. And we'll announce it. And, and we encourage people to go. You know, you may think you're too young for this at some point in time. But I'll tell you, you're going to meet incredible people yes, doing incredible things. It's going to expand your horizon a lot. It's going to make you think about what it is that you really want to do. And, you know, if we get this gift of extra life... Uh, of, uh, you know, I think most people in the past lived to, what, 75 years old? You know, and now we're talking about the hundreds. And so what are we going to do with that extra 25 years? Right. It's a lot of time, and we don't want to waste it, and we want to move forward. Yeah, make it great. Yeah. And one of the things that came out of the Friends Connection was that we made an announcement about another thing that we're doing called the Travel Connection. Do you want to talk about that, Ray? Well, I think uh, the Travel Connection, well— this is selfish. Yeah. <laughs> so Sandy and I, uh, Sandy is my spouse, and, and, and we've been on all seven continents, and we love to travel. And we're now picking, we're, we're finding some spots in the world that we haven't seen, and we're kind of homing in on them. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've traveled together alone, and we've traveled in groups. And I've often found, or actually I've almost always found, that the group expands the experience that you're in. It does. Oh, it does. So you get to see the world through not only your own eyes, but through other people's eyes. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we have a trip coming up 2020, October. We're leaving from Athens, Greece. We're going to wind up in Venice. It's a small ship. It's a great ship. Uh, small is like 300 passengers. Uh, food is going to be spectacular. The company is going to be spectacular and come along. Right. And we're going to have more of these. Right. Now, interesting thing about this, and this is feedback from, uh, from people at the conference, uh, who said, wow, I want to go there. And then they find out that their spouse doesn't particularly want to go there. So here's another thing to kind of head off early, and this is one of the things that we're thinking about doing. Get into these discussions about where you want to go. You know, while you're working, there's no time. Right. And with children. I mean, children really. mm -hmm. Yeah, until college is paid for. You don't have a lot of time to deal with this stuff. 
But uh, you don't want to waste the time finding this out when you're 75 years old. You know, I I think the idea is find it early. And Josh Bush, who was there and who has this incredible way of uh, figuring out how you're going to explore the world, and he will be a guest on one of our future shows, is going to talk about this. And it gives you a chance to sit down with your spouse and say, what do you want to do? What do I want to do? And how do we merge this together? So that you're both happy. Yep. (laughs) Well, I'm going to put on my little PR hat. I mean, where can everybody find out about all this information? Where should they go to find out about the Friends Connection and the Travel Connection? You want to tell them your website? Right. Thank you, Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Our website is theluckiestguyintheworld.com. And uh, there's a lot of stuff on there. We do have some things about the Friends Connection and the Travel Connection. And we're hoping to expand it soon and make it an even better website. But only, you know, we can only do certain things at a certain time, so oh, we're working it'll, on it. It'll happen fast. Yeah. And, and in addition to the travel connection and the friends connection, uh, we want you to listen in on our podcast. Yep. Okay, changing the rules, and we're going to break a lot of rules. We're going to change some rules. We're going to get everybody in sync, mm-hmm. at least me. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to have signature cocktails lined up yeah. along the table. And, yeah. <laughs> That'll and, be the inducement to get the guests on. Well, that was one of the first things that we did is we actually had a cocktail uh, uh what do we call him? A, a, a mixologist. A mixologist come in at 1030 in the morning. Yep. And we were drinking then, okay, mm-hmm. which, you know, may, Day not, drinking. may <laughs> not be a bad rule to break in the in the future. We'll see. <laughs> but, but the idea is the tools are here. We have several books out. We'll be talking about our books going forward. We'll be talking about our discovery sessions. And the discovery sessions are ways that uh, you can probe into you. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the others are built around connections, but you're important too. And what do you want to do? And who are you? And right. uh, how do you discover this stuff? So we're right. going to be talking about things like unique ability. We got some incredible guests coming in, right. and uh, life is good. Right. And if you don't know yourself, then you really don't know how to be with other people too. I mean, you have to you have to know what works for you. And in my advanced years, I've learned that. I can only change myself and then everybody has to adapt to that and either they can or they can't. So it's best if you know yourself because then you'll be happier going forward in in relationships, in work, in play, in all facets of your life. So hang in there with us. Join us. Explore with us. Send us questions. You can send questions to our website and uh, let's put this thing together and uh, we'll be in in two weeks. Right. So, that's, every two so that's the luckiest guy in the world dot com. And, uh, you know, you, you have the ability to send a message through that website. Cool. So so um, at this point, we're going to close for the day because we didn't really plan a big one. We just wanted to introduce ourselves and uh, we will be back in two weeks on. I forget the date. With a great uh, story. August 20th, we'll be back and uh, a good we're, guest. We're going to talk about airplanes next time. Uh-huh, and, okay. and oh, airplanes. Airplanes are incredible. You don't know how airplanes affect your life, but you will. <laughs> and, and we have some great guests coming in. So thanks for joining us, everybody, and have a great day. 
Thank you for listening to Changing the Rules, a podcast designed to help you live your life the way you want and give you what you need to make it happen. Join us in two weeks for our next exciting topic on Changing the Rules with Casey Dempster and Ray Lowe, the luckiest guy in the world.